Amen. Amen. Just as we were declaring that, I kept thinking about how that you say, well, as the church, we come together, the enemy's been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. That's what Peter or Paul wrote when he wrote in Ephesians 3, 9. He says that uh, it now to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. He said there was a plan that was hidden in secret, but now, right now, the plan of God is to make manifest to the principalities and powers in heavenly places the manifold wisdom of God. The Message Bible says this, through Christians like yourself gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known. Wow. Do you understand that? As we gather together and declare the greatness of God, his power over all the power of the enemy, he says, that's my plan. That as you come together, he said that what I have done, what I've done in Christ Jesus is made manifest. He said, the devil can't hide from me. Glory to God. Listen to this. I love this paraphrase. He says, now through the presence and faithful functioning of the church (laughs) in which his grace is manifested. He said the, the, he said that the many sided wisdom of God may be made known. In other words, God's got more than one way of doing it, but it's still God. All we got to do is look out across this congregation and see. There are many different kinds of people at many different places. And if you just consider who you are, you'd probably quit. But when you consider what God has done and who he is, you understand that it's his plan in you, Christ in you, that gives your life the strength and the glory to endure. You know, I read, I was reading reading in Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, you know, set at liberty those that are broken hearted, you know, the, the, then he said, he said to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You see, when Christ, when Christ was there, the law was set up and Jesus came and said some astounding things that was going to change the way they thought. From that point on, you understand they thought something for years and years and years. They were taught it, they thought it, and Jesus said, I'm going to come and give you a new thought. And you're going to have to change the way you think about things. You know, changing people the way they think about things is one of the most hardest things to do. How many of you feel like when you're saying stuff like that, that you just, but he said, I got to change the way I think about things. Because see, we that? can tell the way you've changed your thinking by what you do. It's really the truth. I mean, parents, look at your kids. Look at your grandkids. Hallelujah. And he says, this is the acceptable year of the Lord. In other words, this is the year of jubilee. This is the year. This is the time. I'm telling you The Amplified Bible says, when the free favor of God profusely abounds. I'm telling you, this is the time (laughs) for freedom. Now, Now, what he was saying was, it's the time for freedom. But you can stay bound if you like. Or you can go free 
if you like. It's all up to you. I'm giving you a choice. A choice. See, that was one of the whole things in creation was choice. Choice. That's why husbands, you can't make your wives do something. Wives, you can't make your husbands do something. Now, this is Oh, not, everybody said amen to that. Yeah, this does not <laughs> deal with anybody from zero to 18. We will make you do it. Now, when you move out, you have a choice. <laughs> All right. But when you live at the house, you have no choice. You just do what we say. We want your opinion. We'll give it to you. Now, well, that's not fair. I, I'm, I'm a free individual. You are a free individual. Somebody's paying for that freedom. Somebody's you know that? paying for that freedom besides you. <laughs> and not only that. I'm free. Yeah, you're free because somebody else paid for it. <laughs> and not only that, you're still being trained. You know, when I was training my little puppy dog, I just didn't leave him out in the living room on the carpet. <laughs> you know, I put him up. <laughs> but now I can leave him all over the house. I mean, he's great. But free. And so I sat down in my own room. You guys can do this. I'm no different from you. So I said, Lord, what are we free from? He said, well, he said, you're free to choose. You're free to love. But he said, well, you know, I've loved and I got hurt. Well, I said, you know what? If you stop there then you, you'll never love again, ever, ever. And you'll never be loved. I'm free, I'm free to, to be in peace. You know, you're free to make that choice. You don't have to be in turmoil if you choose not to be because all the power of heaven is behind it. I'm free. You know what? I'm free to be in peace. And bless God, I'm going to be in peace. I'm free to live. I'm free to laugh. I'm free to stay and I'm free to go. But now going may not be the best thing. Staying might need to be the, might, Every might be the best Every time somebody thing. tells us, boy, we're so glad you came, I look at them and say, I'm so glad you stayed. So glad you stayed. <laughs> some of y'all don't get so, it. But some you me, I, is anybody following me? You know, I want you to think new about something. I'm free to pray. I'm free to give. I'm free to tell others about Christ. I'm free to decide. And I'm free to be pure. And I'm free. I'm free just to be free. I'm free to forgive. I'm free to release others. Are you understanding this? Because, praise the Lord. I know this is a new thought, a little, a little, a little bit different thing, way of thinking about it. I'm free to, to um, what does that say? Oh, lay down your life. Lay down my life. I'm free to take it up. I'm free to die. I'm free to rise. I was dealing with a youth minister somewhere. And he was, you know, thinking, well, I'm just going to be all youthish and I really got to relate and I'm just going to, you know, be just like them and I'm going to look and act and be just like a youth. And I looked at him and I said, you know, I said, you know, you're free not to be too, you know. They might need to see something else every once in a while. You know, that man is now pastoring somewhere else, came up to me at an anniversary and he said, you said some pretty strong things to me. And he says, I'm pastoring now. And he said, you were right. I was making my freedom depending on what they thought of me. I was talking to one young lady. She said, I'm free to wear these pants if I want to, and they're tight. I'm free to wear these midriffs if I want to. I said, yeah, you're free, but you're misunderstanding what the freedom is. You're so free, you don't have to because you don't want to be offense to someone else. That's how free you are. Am I making any sense? Well, I'm free. I can do it. Oh, no, no. Yeah, you're free to do it. 
But you see, the greater freedom really that you have is when you realize, you know, that just might not be really the most pure and holiest thing. And I don't want to hurt someone else. So you know what, Lord, I'm just free not to do it. Remember what Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, let them deny themselves. Okay, I got on the kids. Now I know this now, is not the popular talk show okay, circuit. But listen, but. <laughs> now I'm going to go to the adults. And the reason I'm doing this, I'm going to go to the adults. Well, I'm free to sit here like a bump on a log. I mean, let the, let the kids on the platform, let them jump around. But you know what? You're free not to. And if it's going to help someone else, you say, well, how will it help someone else? Honey, I danced past a man once and he took out his hearing aid because he heard. Hey, listen. Now, I don't understand that, but I am Pentecostal. And as Pentecostals, I'm telling you, I don't know. There may be a lot of other wonderful churches here, but I think this happens to be the greatest church here. And you do understand that every person... Who wrote the New Testament? Every one of them were Pentecostals. And when my flesh, when Did my you know flesh that? says, you say, "Well, I don't like to read after Pentecostals. No. I think they're a little extreme." Then you better quit reading the New Testament because they were all Pentecostals. They were all extreme too. Every one when, of them. When my flesh says, "You know, it'd be a whole lot better just to walk <laughs> in and sit down." You've been preaching all weekend. You've been traveling. You got to go to Paris. Plus, you're sixty and your bones, you know, and you're, you're healed, and you know, it'd just be a whole lot easier. If you just wouldn't act like an idiot and just sit here and go, oh, thank you, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. It'd be a whole lot easier to do that. But, you know, I'm free not to listen to my flesh. Oh, praise the Lord. And I will not be dictated. This is a day. By feelings. Of freedom. I will. I, I refuse. I refuse to be dictated by those. You know, sometimes you just got to shake yourself. And I'm telling you, Pentecostal churches we in, it's the old men and they're down front going, glory, 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 glory. I mean old men. We're talking old. We're talking 65. I'm telling you, I've been in some Pentecostal churches who knew the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, I mean, they're down there. One old guy, one old guy said he was a, he was like a 75. He'd go, go on. All of a sudden, he'd, turn, he'd start turn red in the face and start prophesying. That's said the Lord. And the whole church would enter in. So you see, you know, right now people say we are having a crisis. You know, we don't know oil. We we just are, you know, we just haven't prepared for this day and we don't have enough oil, you know. But I got news for you. Listen, the most, the crisis, the biggest crisis we face is not how much oil are are in our cars or in our refineries. It's how much oil is in the church. Hallelujah. And I got news for you. I believe that the cruise of oil will not fail until he comes again. He himself will keep your candle burning hot, brother. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. This is the place where God himself will light your fire. Are y'all with us? So I'm telling you, this is a day of miracles. You don't have to wait for us to get through. For you to receive. Oh, no. Like we told the ladies this weekend in Second Chronicles Already moving 20. in your ears. Somebody's moving both your ears right now. In 2 Chronicles 20, when they were surrounded by the enemy and they didn't know what to do. And God told them exactly what to do. And they set praisers out in front. And not they didn't say anything that highly, you know, theological, you know, really out there. They just said, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And you know what? This is an amazing scripture. It says, as they began to sing. 
The Lord set ambushments against their enemy. No, no, not as they finished, as they began. You see, you're waiting till we get finished for something to happen. God's waiting for you to start so he can do what he wants to do. The Bible says the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. You say, well, I'm praising God in my heart. Actually, those were loud shouting sounds. You say, why do you have to get loud? Well, I'll just tell you, when you get loud, it just causes your, really, you know, like we told you this, well, you weren't here this weekend, but the word for voice in the, in the New Testament Greek, the word for voice is the, where we get our word phone. That's where we get our word phone. So I, you know, it's like I told Cindy, I said, I think God's walking up to some people saying, uh, could I use your phone? <laughs> can I use your phone? Sure. You say, uh, well, he said, listen, I'll tell you what, I can hook you up. You can get anywhere, any place, anytime with your phone. Would you like that kind of service? God will give you that kind of service if you'll just start worshiping and praising Him. Can you hear me now? You don't have to. You won't ever be in a drop zone or a dead spot or whatever it is. Telling you, it's a connection by the very power of God. You say, "Well, you know, my phone's on vibrate." Well, take it off of vibrate, brother. We'd like to hear it. Yes. You understand? But it's vibrating in my heart. They lifted their voice loud. And as they do that, you say, why do you need to do that? (laughs) See, you got to understand the strength of the plan of God is greater than your individual weakness. As you join together, as we join together as the church of Jesus Christ, something greater than you have by yourself takes place. It's literally the very fullness of the plan of God. That's why I like this church. I like this church. Give me a place where people are not ashamed. Any day, that's where I'm going. Hallelujah. Oh, so they stood out loud and strong. And they declared, our eyes are on you, Lord. You are good. And your mercy endures. And the very thing that was meant to stop them was destroyed in the midst of their praise. Oh, just let his blood just flow over you. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, just the realization of that precious, precious blood. Oh, hallelujah. You know, sometimes we, we get away from that and we need to come back and just sing songs about the blood. Just come to church one day and just sing nothing but the blood. Jesus, remind yourself. I know I like all the old ones. You say, "Well, you sing all those rocking things." Oh, I know, but I sing the old ones too. Hallelujah! The good old ones, <laughs> not the bad old ones, <laughs> not the ones filled with unbelief, <laughs> but the good ones. Praise the Lord. Oh, so God is working by his spirit and by his grace call it causing you to be strengthened so you can finish your race not so you will run and be weary but you'll run and mount up with wings as eagles and that weariness will fall away And you'll sense in its place 
Oh, the power and strength of his amazing grace. So don't quit, quit and don't give up. Oh, your, your day is just beginning. The brightness of all that is to come. Oh, stand tall and see what God has given into your hand. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Why don't you sit down for just a moment? I want to read you a scripture out of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Ephesians is the book in the Bible that most clearly helps you to understand the church of Jesus Christ. Colossians and Ephesians are similar, but Colossians focuses on the head of the church, Jesus, and Ephesians focuses on the body. Do you understand? And so Ephesians helps you to understand more than any other book in the Bible, the church of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know what you think of when you hear the word church. I, I don't know, you know, maybe to you, you think of some, um, you know, just some uh, uh, gathering, a crowd, uh, you know, uh, 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 where people come together for certain observances and that kind of a thing. But uh, when I think of the word church, I think of the plan of God. I think of the plan of God. Now, you know, God is not some, you know, he's not just like everything just is just, you know, uh, happening and then he reacts. God is not reacting to anything. God has acted in Christ Jesus on behalf of your, he acted in Christ Jesus for you. And now you, as, as a Christian in Christ Jesus, are a part of God's plan, which is identified as the church. And the church is, you know, really, it's kind of interesting because if you look up the word church, I, you, know, you may have heard me say this before, it's used about 114 times in the New Testament. And really, uh, it, it's just a, it's not a spiritual term. It's a Greek, it's a secular term in Greek. And, you know, I got to tell people, I just know a little Greek and he owns a restaurant <laughs> outside of Tulsa. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Somebody just woke up. Okay. Um, anyway, so, uh, but it's in the Greek, you know, it, it's interesting because it's just a secular term. It's not a spiritual term. It's a secular term. In other words, it defines really a gathering in a public place of people who have come together. It's actually, it's used 112, 114 times. 90 of those references have to do with a local assembling together of believers. But there's actually a reference in Acts chapter 19 where the word church is used. In the, in the New Testament, it uses the word assembly instead of church. But in the Greek, it's the same word. It's ecclesia, E-K-K-L-E-S-S-I-A. And in the book of Acts chapter 19, it's when, remember when they got all, you know, riled up, the people got all upset because Paul was preaching Christ and people were getting saved. And so they were no longer being able to sell their little, uh, uh, God, gods, you know, the goddess Diana. And so they were saying, you know, our, 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 uh, our, our way of making money 
is getting, you know, it's going to be stopped and we don't like this. And so they, they stirred up the people and it says, you know, the assembly was riled up. And that word assembly is the word church. And literally it's just a crowd of people who are in a public place trying to make something happen. You know what I'm saying? But really it's just a crowd of people, but there is a difference between a crowd and a church. And you say, uh, really when the way God sees it, because when he looks at you coming here, he doesn't just see a crowd. Now you may have been someplace where there's just a crowd, but you say, what is it that makes the difference between just having a crowd and really having church? I mean, Jesus said in Matthew 16, he introduced the term. He said, Peter, do you know who I am? And Peter said, no, we don't know who you, you know, they said some people, do they know who I am? No, they don't know who you are. He said, well, do you know who I am? And he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, hey, he said, flesh and blood didn't show you that picture. He said, my father in heaven just gave you a revelation of his plan. He said, you, and so. And so here he was, Peter, Peter just got, you say, what happens to people that makes them a part of the church of Jesus Christ? The same thing that happened to Peter on that day. They get a revelation of who Christ is and the plan of God comes through that revelation. And that's exactly what Jesus did in Matthew 16. He goes on and he says, and I also say to you, in other words, he wasn't finished talking. You understand? He wasn't finished talking. I mean, I was a Jesus hippie in the early 70s. I used to go witness to people on the streets and say stuff like, you know, it doesn't really matter about the church. Oh, it's just about you and Jesus. That's all. Now, listen, that's, you know, there's a truth to that, but that's not the whole truth. You understand? And if you think that's the whole truth, you would stop right there. But Jesus didn't stop right there with saying, that's right. This is who I am. He said, now I also say to you, in other words, if you don't add this to what he just said, you're going to miss the plan of God. And if you miss the plan of God, brother, you're just a crowd. If you get together, you're just a crowd. I mean, it's amazing to me that God that, you know, chose a term that really later in the book of Acts is identified by just a crowd. But see, there is a significance to the people who come together under the power and glory and gifts of God. That's what makes us different. And then Jesus said, and I also say to you, now he said, you know, you are Peter. The message Bible said, God's let you in on who I am. Now I'm going to tell you who you are. I also say to you that you are Peter, And on this rock, now he said, if you really want your life personally to be different, he said, now I want you to understand something about what I'm going to do. He said, said, uh, on, on this rock, I will build my church. First time the word is ever used in the New Testament. Jesus uses it to help people understand how he, what he is going to accomplish through his death, burial, and resurrection. You know, there's something else in the book of Matthew chapter 16 that never had shown up before. Jesus talks about, I'm going to die, I'm going to be buried, and I'm going to rise from the dead. Rise from, I'm going to rise from the dead. He had never talked about that before. But when he, when he tells them and communicates to them how that time, listen to me, your birthday, your birthday is marked by the power of God's plan. 
say, I'm just not a part of God's plan. Listen, the day you were born is marked by the day he died and rose from the dead. Do you understand that? The significance of your positioning of your life in the plan of God can only be understood through the power of the revelation of who Christ is and what Jesus Christ did, which was build the church. And you say, well, the church, you know, that's just everybody who loves God. No, no, you don't understand. It's not just a crowd. It's people assembled together under the plan and purpose of God with the power of God and the gifts of God and the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit working in their midst. It's not just some, you know, let's, let's, you know this is a rotary club. Let's see if we can pe- keep people together. No, no, this is, this is God's plan. We stay together by the power of sharing his life. You understand? Our unity is not just outward, it's inward. Do you understand me? It's not just outward. It's not all of us doing the same thing. It's all of us in the same place with the same power and the same life that raised Christ from the dead. And with that power and that life, there are gifts and enablements that accomplish the plan of God during your generation. Listen, if you get real serious about this, your backsliding days are over. You understand? You don't got nothing to go back for. There's nothing there. You say, well, it's tough here. I got news for you. It's tougher there without the plan of God. The only thing that makes your life significant is the plan of God. And that is only understood through the power of the church of Jesus Christ. And so in the book of Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church. He gives a revelation of this plan in Ephesians 1 and 2 and 3. A revelation just like, it's kind of like, you know, how that Matthew 16, he talked about the revelation that came from God out of heaven to Peter. And then in Ephesians 1, 2 and 3, it's like that revelation in Matthew 16 was before in time, Jesus died and was crucified and, and was buried and rose from the dead. But now, now this is, this is like a replay of the video. You know what I'm saying? Check it out. You, it's, it, listen, it's been paid for eternally. Check it out and look at it. The Holy Ghost will explain it to you. And so in Ephesians 1, he talks about, I'm praying for you, church, that you would know the hope of your calling. His calling. I'm sorry, not your calling. His calling. The hope of his calling. In other words, you say, well, God, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, can you do anything with my life? And God's saying, no, 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 wait a minute. He said, you get filled with my life and then I'll do something through you. You say, what's the difference? You're focusing on who you are instead of focusing on who he is. See, he's at the hope of his calling. In other words, you're focused. And listen, if you focus on who you are long enough, listen, I mean, you will figure it out. You ain't all that. You will figure it out. And you know, you'll either turn on Jerry Springer or somebody and say, that's right, brother. 
That's how I feel. I've been stepped on. Look at this scar. I'm telling you, that's it. Tell me all about it. Listen, they can make TV shows. It'll never run out because the scars and the weaknesses of people are so blaring. I mean, glaring. I mean, they just are so, we're so exposed because of sin. I mean, we're walking around with nothing, but without God, without God, we got nothing but a lot of trouble. You understand? And so we walk into the plan of God in Christ Jesus and all of a sudden it's not our trouble that defines our life. It's his triumph. Hot dog. And all of a sudden in the place where we could not move, we are raised up together with Christ. In that place. That's what he says in Ephesians 2. Literally in Ephesians 1, it's a revelation of the power of God. He said, I hope, I pray that you know the hope of his calling. The riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. I want you to understand something about when God looks at you as a Christian. He doesn't see you individually. He sees you as a part of his plan. You understand? When God looks at you, you think, well, it's all about me. It's not all about you. You are a part. In fact, he says, he looks at you and he says, the inheritance of the saints. He's praying for you to understand that as you are a part of the, in getting your place in the plan of God, there is, listen, we think it's, you know, God's, we we look and we say, you know, oh, it's my inheritance in Christ. But he says, I'm praying for you to understand his inheritance in you. Maybe I ought to turn over there. Turn over there real quick. It, we'll, we'll, we may not make it to Ephesians 4. We'll have to do that next time. He says, listen, look at this real quick. I've, if I feel led, <laughs> well, glory to God. No, no, no. I want, I want you to see this. Is this okay with you? Oh, it's okay. Okay. It says that you would know, look at this now. He says that you would know the hope of his calling. In other words, he's praying for you to understand the significance of your life. And the only way you can be optimistic about your life is you, if you understand his plan. When he says calling, the word calling is really the word, the, it's a word that literally means vocation. Right. And now when you think of vocation, you might think of your college career. But when God thinks of your vocation, he thinks about what he has done in Jesus Christ, walked on through death, hell, and the grave, released you from every power that sin ever had in your life. When he thinks about your vocation, he doesn't think about you as a plumber or a secretary or a teacher. He thinks about you as someone who has been redeemed by the power of God, a member of the church of Jesus Christ in this world, the only significance of your life. Is really determined by the the, the place you take in the plan of God. And I'm not diminishing an education, but I'm just saying, understanding the meaning of your life, you're not going to find that at a college. That comes through a church. The meaning, the meaning of your life. I'm not diminishing college, but listen to me. You can spend your rest every second of your life learning information. You can take one thing 
in God's creation, one teeny tiny bug, and spend the rest of your life trying to figure out how it works, how it's made, how it, you know, how it lives, how it dies, how it, you know, all its parts. And you'll spend the rest of your life. And not that those things don't have some meaning, but they don't give meaning to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He said, I'm praying for you that you would know the hope of his calling. Now he's just saying, listen, God's plan for your life can only be understood, can only be understood through the operation of the church. You say, it doesn't really matter what the church is doing today. Listen to me. The only thing that matters is what the church is doing today. The only thing that matters, listen, I'm telling you the most precious oil reservoir is not in Alaska or Canada. It's in the church. It's in the church. People can live without crude oil, but they can't live without the oil of the Holy Ghost. You just can't live without it. You can't listen. Your day is determined by this power of God. He says, Ephesians 1, 17, that you would know the hope of his calling. The, the, he said, the, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He said, I'm praying. Oh, listen to this. Jordan, this uh, paraphrase says that the hope which his call inspires and the wonderful resources available to Christians because of their membership in his family. In other words, you belong somewhere. You belong somewhere and you say, well, that's just spiritual. But let me, let me just tell you something. The spiritual truth only makes a difference in your life right now as you connect with the local assembly of the church. That's what makes the difference. Listen, do you just want it to all be in a book somewhere or you want it to be in your life? You know, the most disappointed Christians are the ones who are in their boat on Sunday morning. They may think that they're having more fun, but I got news for you. A boat can't take you to heaven. And a boat can't help you get healed either. And a boat can't help you get free. And you say, well, I just need, I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. Call your boat. I'm so stressed. I just need a little, I need a little rest. And you know, Sunday's the only day I can take it. If it's the only day you can take it, if you'll give it up to God, I'll promise you, he, if you'll give it up to him, he will take that which you give to him and he will multiply it. And you say, what will he do if he multiplies it? He'll use it to feed the world. See, the problem with your thinking is it's all about you. And the church, the church is not all about you. The church is all about reaching the world. Do you understand me? So he says, the hope of his calling, I think I do need to get over here to this. He says, the riches of the glory of his, of his inheritance in the saint. Not, you say, well, okay, God, what is my inheritance in you? He says, no, no, I'm praying for you to understand that you would see my inheritance in the saints. He says, in other words, when God wants to, to, to expose his treasure and all that was accomplished through the power of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he looks at you. He points to you. He stands in heaven and he says, do you see Sarah back there? Do you see Billy on the back row? That's my treasure. 
I've put everything I have in them. You say, why is this so important for you to see? Because, you know, it is true. It's very true. Saints of old have died for this truth. But you know what? They saw it. They believed it. I just want to know, do you see it? Do you believe it? I found out something. You can mark, you'll know what people believe. Just watch what they do. It's always exposed. Believing and acting are an, they're, they're, they're a connected uh, uh, pair. Believing and doing. People always do what they believe. And so he says this. He prays for them. That they would know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Now let me, let me get over here. Because he, he goes on in Ephesians 2. And he talks about being raised up together with him. And he gets over to Ephesians 3. And he gives the revelation of being, uh, 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 of being uh, the church coming together. And making known the purpose of God. And how that you know this purpose of God is glorious. And then he gets over to Ephesians 4 verse 1. Which is the. The scripture I want to give you this morning as the church of Jesus Christ, because now he's at a transition phase in this revelation. And all of a sudden, everything that is true that God has done in Christ comes down to where you are right now and what you decide to do. And so he looks at them and he says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. He was a prisoner of the Lord when he wrote this. He was in prison when he wrote this. But he knew that even though he was limited in what he could do, the plan of God was unlimited. And so he writes to them and he says, I pray, I beseech you, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. You know what he's doing? He's looking at the members of the church in Ephesus. He's looking, this was not, this was written to a local church. You do understand that. But it's also written to this local church. It was written to to the, the church of Jesus Christ. And it's written to you. And he says, now I'm begging you, take what God has done and put it in to what you are doing. He said, walk worthy of the vocation. You say, what's my vocation? Well, let's see. What is it that I like to do? You know, that's how a lot of people determine their vocation. What do I like to do? Okay, I like to draw, so I'll be an artist. I like to teach. So, And I'm not saying that, you know, I understand there's a place for that. But when it comes to the meaning of your life, to understand your real vocation, That word vocation really is, it's the word calling. If you read it in other, it's the same word in the Greek, calling as it is vocation. But I like that word vocation because we think, you know, vocational school, you know, vocational training center. Okay, I'm going to learn to be a welder. I'm going to, this is, but when he, when God talks about your vocation, he, you say, what, what is it that God links it up to when he's talking about your vocation? He said, what is it that you need to know how to do in order to have meaning and significance in your life? Well, look at this. He says, I be, I therefore the, the prisoner of the Lord. So let's just go back two verses and find out what that's there for. Okay. Okay. I know it's 12 o'clock. I know what time it is. I just want to know, do you know what time it is? 
This is it, brothers and sisters. If you get this, it's worth it. I'm telling you right now, it's worth it. I know the roast beef might be a little crisp, but it's worth it. Because if you understand this, I'm telling you right now, you might be able to do something else really well. You might be able to sing really well. You might be able to build, you know, uh, you know, furniture really well. But none of that stuff will matter unless you understand the reason that you are alive and that you have met Jesus Christ. See, you don't get no second. You don't come back as no cow. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, listen to me now. Watch this now, okay? Because, Because it has been prophesied that this is a year of greater glory. This is a year, not of decrease, but of increase. Now, listen to me. You got to see this because he's begging you. He's talking to you and saying, walk worthy. One translation says it like this. I pray that your behavior is a credit to the position which God's purpose has given you. He said, I want you to see what the plan of God so that your behavior, that's what you decide to do. You know, really discipleship is just what you decide to do. That's what it is. He said, I pray that your behavior will be a credit to the position which God's purpose has given you. You say, why is that so important? Oh, I'll see. Let's go back and see what it's there for. He says, now, verse 20 of Ephesians 3. Now, don't you like it when people know what's happening right now? (laughs) Now, unto him. Who's he? He's talking about God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. All that we ask or think. You know what that tells me right there? The strength of God's plan is greater than the weaknesses of the people who are a part of it. You say, well, I can't even comprehend or even get a hold of this. Well, it's got a hold of you. See, you're, you, you think it's only possible what you can do. God's trying to get you. It's not, it's not, it's not, uh, you, it's, it's Christ in you. It's not just your life in Christ. It's Christ in you. And so he says, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, listen, it didn't just say works in you, works in us. When God looks at you as an individual, he sees you as a part of the plan of God. You're going to get this now. If you understand this, the power of the church of Jesus Christ, you'll never drive by a church and think, "Uh, it doesn't matter whether that's here or not. It doesn't really matter. And you say, it's just a crowd of people. It's a crowd if they're meeting without the plan of God. But when they come together as the people of God, with the power of God, under the plan of God, they are not just a crowd. They are the church. According to the power that works in us. What does he say? Unto him be glory in the church. By Christ Jesus. Throughout all ages. World without end. One translation says. To the last generation of eternity. In other words. God ain't quitting. He ain't stopping. So he says, now, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, I beg you 
to see that your behavior is a credit to the position which God's purpose has given you. He says, and listen, let me read this to you out of the message Bible and I'm through. Listen to this in the message Bible. Oh my goodness. I just, whoo, it is so good. There's so much. I, I know, I know. In light of all this, in light of all this, in other words, turn on the light, my dear brother and sister. Turn it on. You got a light that shines through the night. He says, in light of all this, here's what I want you to do. What does God want me to do? Have you ever thought that? What does God want me to do? He said, here's what I want you to do. He says, I want you to get out there and walk better yet run on the road. God called you to travel. Woo! In other words, he said, it's your turn, brother. The baton has been passed to your hand. This is your day. This is your race. It's time for you to run. You can read about other people running, but now it's your day to run. And then he says this. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands, strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. That's what you feel like without the calling of God. Mark, you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but pouring yourself out for each other in acts of love. It says in the King James, I love this part of it. He says, uh, um, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bondness, in the bond of peace, bearing with one another in love. In other words, it sounds to me like he's calling you to come together with others for the purpose of God's plan being made manifest. Is that true? Well, I believe this is a church. Where God has found a people who say, Lord, we are not, there are many things we don't have. But there's one thing that we can't live without. And it is your glory and your plan. And if that's your heart and that's what you're saying this morning, I just want you to lift your hands right now. Just as you just, you know, just as an act of surrender to him. And as you do that, I just speak the very power of the life and spirit of God and the glory of God. Lord, I just speak to every person here who has lifted their hands in just humble, humble submission to your plan. I speak increase over their life of the glory of God, the glory and power of God in this church, in these people, the glory that makes up the difference, the power of the love and glory of God that causes everyone to work together in a way that only you can do Lord as you mold us as your purpose as your purpose and power changes us thank you Lord for changing everything that needs to be changed by the power of the work of the cross we say yes to you God we say yes to you we are a member of the family of God. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a place in your plan. We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, 
Log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. Thank you and God bless you.